Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. W.J. Pierce for creating and performing that wonderful piece of music you just heard. Good evening and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorn. Thank you for joining us. All right, before we get down to business tonight, I'm going to turn it over to Tamara and she's going to tell you a little more about our latest release, Exorcism, which is book three in the Ravencrest saga. Mm-hmm. It caught me drinking gin. Midnight, the witching hour. <laughs> took a second. Okay, let's try this again. Midnight, the witching hour. Watery echoes in an empty building. The grand Greek pool at Ravencrest Manor babbles and gurgles as chlorine-scented water pumps, flowing like cool blood in veins and arteries. The moon, full and high above the arched glass ceiling, shines its light into the cobalt pool, casting splintered rays across the water, picking up golden highlights as it reflects on the constellations, the planets, and moons set into the bottom of the pool. A spring and a thunk from a tall diving board, then a splash as someone dives in, and somehow water explodes into the air. The sound ebbs and flows with movement. But if no human ear is present to hear it, no eye to see it, can these things be real? Or are they merely tricks of light and sound, magic courtesy of Mother Nature? Soft golden lamp flicker to life, and then music, faint but unmistakable, rises and echoes. Eddie Cantor, if you knew Susie like I know Susie. Oh, oh, what a girl. Laughter, the sounds of a party of voices of glasses clinking. Something white and serpentine slithers and stirs beneath the water like glistening cold silk, there and gone again in an instant. All right, and uh, Exorcism is available now in paperback and ebook. And if you need to catch up on the ghostly gothic goings on at Ravencrest Manor, you can also get the first two books in the series uh, The Ghosts of Ravencrest and The Witches of Ravencrest. Uh, again, you're listening to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamarthorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thorningcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at crossalister and at tamarthorn. You can visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook, and you can find us on Instagram at, at thorningcross or at official underscore alistaircross. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. And tonight, we are thrilled to have with us a first-timer, a newbie. (laughs) Uh, Very excited. Um, uh, We received uh, tonight's the, the book from tonight's guest um, a, a while back before it was officially released, and we are both thoroughly impressed. Absolutely love it. So we're going to talk to her, but uh, let me tell you a little bit about her first. Constance Sayers' short stories have appeared in Souvenir and Amazing Graces, yet another collection of fiction as well as The Sky is a Free Country. Her short fiction has been nominated for the Pushcart Prize and Best of the Net. She received her Master's of Fine Arts in English from George Mason University. A media executive, Sayers has twice been named 
one of the top 100 media people in America by Folio and included in their list of top women in media. Uh, she lives outside of Washington, D.C., and is the co-founder of the Thoughtful Dog Literary Magazine, of which in time is her first novel. Welcome to the show, Constance. How are you? I'm well. Thank you all for, for having me tonight on the show. It's it's very exciting. The whole thing has been very exciting. We're glad process. Yeah, it is. Ah. It? Yeah. Now you've 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 so so you you come from a, a very interesting. Uh, well, I guess what I'm I'm trying to get at first off is how did you end up writing a book? That's that's a, you know that's a, such a process. Is it something that you you always wanted to do? Yeah, um, I think that so. My, both my graduate and my undergraduate degrees were in writing. Um, so I, I always had, I mean, that was my dream. You know, I had wanted to either do that or, you know, write plays or screenplays. I mean, I had, uh, you know, I kind of ran the full gamut of, of things to, you know, to work on and to write. But, I mean, it, it's hard to do that and to make a living doing right. that. And so – you know, I, I started writing marketing copy and I mean, you know, you kind of just like, you kind of surf your way through, through a life there where, you know, like my jobs kept getting, you know, more and more, having more responsibility. And I I went to work for media because I love magazines and I love books and I love, you know, so it was, um, and, and my company is owned by the Atlantic. So, you know, it was a great environment to be around some of these amazing minds and and to be in the publishing industry. So I, I didn't feel like I was too far away, but I will say that for a long time, maybe 10 years in my life, my career kind of stepped in front of my, my writing ambition. And so um, I would have to go and, you know, take you know, take workshops and things like that, that to kind of keep going. And, and there were times, honestly, that it kind of waned. And I was like, Oh, you know, that was something that would have been nice to do. Um, And then I, uh, and I focused on short stories mostly at that point, because it was um, simply easier to do and to crank out. But there's a, I mean, I'm sure you guys know this, the rejection, I mean, it's just, I mean, short stories are just, soul crushing and the rejection like you get you send yeah. them out and you get like 100 rejections <laughs> yeah and you get a thick skin but you know um and I would just get a little bit of success enough to keep me going and then I um had an idea for uh, a novel and I wrote and and I I struggled for five years I did national novel writing month to actually finish the first 50,000 words uh, really recommended that process because it really made me just push through the first 50 pages that I kept like obsessing over and going over and over and over again, you know, and um, uh-huh. got through the book and then had a mess of 300 pages and then began to refine it, got that book done and got an agent with that, but that book didn't sell. And that was pretty, I mean, I'd worked on it for many, many years. So that was a little right. bit disappointing. And the book, yeah. that, which in time, was the second book I'd started working on and I gave it to my agent just in case there, somebody was interested also in the second one. Um, you know, when they're, when they're pitching you, it's like, Oh, and she's got this too, you know? And, right. um, and she liked that. She, she called me back whenever we knew it wasn't going to sell. And she called me back and she said like, um, that one's better anyway, basically. And she, she was yeah. right, you know, and, um, and that's, mm-hmm. that's where, 
but it, it was really helpful because it taught me how to write a novel. I, I didn't, I mean, you right. know, I, I, I did not, I had never prepared and you guys, I mean, know what this is like. It's, it's hard and you have to learn how to train your brain. It's almost like marathon running. It, it's just a different kind of, yeah. uh, of exercise. Right, right. It is. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's an interesting thing because I, I think, um, you know, a lot of people, and I remember, you know, thinking this, you know, when I was young, you know, you just, you, you get an idea and you sit down and you write a book, right? And it's like, no, mm-hmm. no, there's, <laughs> it's a lot more complicated than that. And uh, I think you, you, you kind of need to, to write, I think we've all written, you know, books that, that kind of, you know, went nowhere and, of course, got rejected. And, you know, I think that's part of the process. It's part of what makes you, you know, yeah. um, better. And that makes this make a little more sense to me because i got to tell you, a witch in time is tight. This is so – I mean, you, you, you obviously have a way with words, which, you know, we were both commenting when we were reading it. Yeah. Um, and we'll be careful. We're, we won't give away any spoilers or anything like that. But we, <laughs> we were commenting when we were, when we were reading it. Um, I think this, one of the things that Im- impressed us most – well, there are a few things, but one of the things that really impressed us was the, the way that you are able to uh, change the, the, I don't know, the, the, the tone of voice for the diff- different time eras. That, that's mm-hmm. really tricky. Mm-hmm. That's really tricky. How did you go about that? And, I mean, did you, was, yeah, was that, was that rough? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it was, you know, I mean, I, I think that I, I knew that I wanted, at one point I actually saw, um, a piece of paper, a scrap paper, where I had done the math, which is scary. Okay, that's scary to begin with that I was had done math on it, you know, and <laughs> um, and I had to actually calculate ages and things like that and periods of time so that they would all work out. Um, but once I right. had decided, you know, that I, I knew I was going to do more of a Belle Epoque Paris uh, time frame, I was going to do a mm-hmm. 1930s time frame and 1970s and then present day. Then I began to kind of like drill down into those time frames. I was very, I'm very much a fan of um, David Mitchell's Cloud Atlas. I, okay. you know, I really, and I loved, he had done, um, I, you know, I mean, that whole narrative is very, very different. But what I had really admired about that was you almost kind of entered into those time periods very authentically down to the the language. And so I, I was like, that is something that is an ambition, like a creative ambition of mine as I'm doing this is that I, I want to try and try and pull that off if I can. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you have like the, I think a, a more, you know, kind of flourishing language in Belle Pock period. And then mm-hmm. you have, I read, a, I mean, I studied a lot of, um, you know, 1930s, films and you know just to kind of get what I kind of wanted which was more of a yeah. you know kind of a, a, a back and forth rapport and then the 70s I think are just you know the, I mean I remember the 70s so they're, you know, they're kind of groovy and you know and so that and so yeah. I, I did try to weave the weave the language and the way people spoke to each other very carefully into that so I'm that thank you very much for like noticing that because it is actually something I spent a lot of time on I think it's as important oh as yeah it's, yeah it's and the, and the yeah, fashion. it's really and the, good. Yeah. And it's, it's a it's a rare thing. It's not it's yeah. not uh, necessarily something that's uh, you don't. That's the, you know that's the good thing is when you're reading it and someone's good at it. You know you you don't notice it. That's the point. You're 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 you know like mm-hmm. dealing with the character. You're not thinking oh the, you yeah. know, the writers right. you know good at this, but you know we yeah. have to read well, deeper into these things. Otherwise you know. We, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we um, were enjoying it because of uh, we just did a 1930s too, yeah. and we occasionally mm-hmm. do historical, and you do 
you have to pay attention to what you're doing and get everything right. And you did a very good yeah. job of that. I also Thank just you. loved the name. Your your names, your character yeah. names were right for the time. They were just perfect. And oh, thank you. And uh, Nora Wheeler was 30s, and then, you know, it just yeah. worked really well. Well, and it's so, so funny yeah. because if I don't, like, I'll put placeholder, like, I'll put a placeholder name in, and I just know it isn't right, and, you know, and I'm like, and I actually kind right. of like, Ugh, you know, uh, and I'll get the name right, and it just makes the character come alive. And, right. uh, and I'll also, like, be like, oh, my God, yeah, that character wouldn't do that, you know what I mean, because she's named somewhere yeah. different now, you know. And and I, I think people probably like, I think I, I talked about this uh, last week in a, a lecture thing I was giving about the importance of naming. And I think people think, you know, you're, you're, I'm, I'm, it's like crazy, but I mean, it, it, it really does matter um, what they're, and I will go to yeah. cemeteries. I mean, one of my favorite things to do mm-hmm. is to go to cemeteries oh, yeah. and wander around, especially, you know, we've got some really good ones, some really old ones here in Washington and um, wander around, you get some great names. Uh, totally. from the cemetery yeah. and I like mash them all together yeah so yeah, yeah. exactly that's, that's yeah, a fun uh, thing yeah it is and, and, and I, I like that because by the way this this, this won't mean anything to, to you Constance but Tamara you know Sheila Leventis in, in my uh, um, yeah the Crimson Cove books Crimson that's Corset, where I got yeah. Yeah, that's where I got it. I got from a cemetery. Leventus. Oh, wow. I'm like, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice yeah. anyway, if you use cemetery um, names. You don't have to worry about live people suing you for using your name. That's right. It's exactly. Yeah, you yeah. them all up. It's different. Yeah. The, the dead can't sue. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, okay, so so um, I, I, I before we uh, go on, um, I'm sure that the, the listeners are wondering, you know, um, what is a witch in time um, besides, you know, uh, being a, you know, historical. Could, could you tell could you tell our listeners in your own words about a witch in time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is uh, it is a, a historical fantasy novel um, that. But I do think it has horror elements in it. There are some some scenes I think that, um, and I'll I think the plot will explain that. It's about <laughs> it's about a curse that has gone wrong. So, in 1895 in uh, Chalon, uh, France, there is a 16 year old girl who every summer a very famous Parisian painter comes to and paints her. Uh, you know, there's this whole thing about you know like French painters would go into the countryside in the summer to you know kind of and you see all these like cropping up of all these like you know country life paintings that would kind of come up from it and um and so one one summer she turns 16 and they uh begin uh, a very ill-fated love affair and um very ill-advised and ill-fated and as a result her mother is uh, one of the like a local witch and she's um and she discovers this affair and believes her daughter is ruined and so as a result she curses the painter but she accidentally draws her daughter into the curse. Uh, and it really turns out to be, um, and there's a third person in the curse, and, and you end up having then a love triangle of three people who every life there's somebody different as a result of this curse. And so they have a different, they're, they're, like, they're like different versions of yeah. themselves, with the exception of the one. So it has like it's almost like a like a Jean-Paul Sartre no exit in a way, which is like you three people mm-hmm. trapped in hell together, and it it goes on forever. So it's supposed to be it's like yeah. an eternal curse, and so that's um 
that's where the time periods come in. And the idea is that there is a way possibly to break the curse. And so that's the, the, the current modern day um, version of this, of this girl is trying desperately to kind of break that curse. So hopefully that. There, there was a wonderful it. move a few years ago, um, Dead Again. And uh, yeah, it's much simpler than this, but this puts, puts me in mind of it. I just, Love that movie. You don't you don't see much Kenneth about Lee Branagh. Yeah, yeah, Kenneth Branagh was wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Emma yeah, Thompson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and and I think I think reincarnation and, and things like that. It's always such a such a, uh, a fascinating subject. I, I think it resonates mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of people. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I you know I was raised a Methodist minister's daughter, and so you know I, I definitely had um, you know kind of had that that upbringing. But you know it kind of you know uh-huh. your belief system it just it kind of didn't really stick. You know I mean and right. uh, and I think I think at the core of my beliefs are if you kind of said you know like okay quick what do you believe I, I do think that like this idea of coming back um, they're just to me just mm-hmm. feels about the world and this is just my perception. There does seem to be like a like a like a, a deja vu for like things that I'm like, why am I attracted to that, or why why do I like that? And it just feels to me like right. yeah. as though there's more there's more to to the world than we know, certainly. And I, I yeah. think it's a real possibility that you know right. we just keep coming, we just keep getting recycled in some way. And um, you know, so I, I'm fascinated with that, obviously. And I'm fascinated with the 1930s. That is, uh, I, it was something very yeah. important to me that I really wanted to write about. I, I, I think they're very haunting times, and there's just something about about them that you know I um, I wanted yeah. to I wanted to really really delve into that. So yeah, right. that's yeah. one of my favorites too. That it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever had any déjà vu experiences? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like a real, um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like as though, I mean, that's something that that is at, at my core, I kind of believe that, and it was so funny, I mean, in doing this, I I was like, okay, I'm, for, for research, I was just like, okay, that, you know, there was, I, I ran into somebody who said, you know, there's this woman who does um, cat, like, like past life hypnosis, and I was like, great, this is going to be great, I'm going to learn, you know. I didn't learn anything. Uh-huh. I couldn't be hypnotized. I tried. I, I like, <laughs> was lying there for like hours. Yeah. And it was such a bummer, you know, for me. And, um, but, you know, I, I mean, I definitely, you know, I was like, just, I had such hope, you know, and, um, yeah. but, you know, I, I feel like, I just feel like there's such a tug that I have for things or like, you know, colors. Mm-hmm. And I actually write a lot about colors because I think that that is um, like liquid shades and things like that that like I just in wallpaper that like it just doesn't exist anymore and I just I that that's something I'm very uh-huh. drawn to and I'm very open to the fact that like I feel like a lot of deja vu uh particularly for the 1930s uh-huh. and particularly for you know like Los Angeles in the 1930s oh well, yeah how, you know, how about music one of the, that one of the cooler ways to 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 really think about it is you know how do you explain you know um certain uh levels of comfort or attraction to mm-hmm. you know other people like you surely you've met mm-hmm. people a few people in your life that you're just like you know boom this is one of my yeah. people or whatever yeah yeah right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and yeah. i think this book this book was kind of like my attempt at some you know uh 
I'm like, well, that sounds interesting. Maybe that would, you know, it's like a hypothesis, you know, for, for, for this particular case. I just kind of thought like, Mm -hmm. well, that's kind of cool. And, um, you know, and I will say like for my own writing, you know, I really struggled. Um, uh, everything I wrote up until this book was rural noir. I, I had a very gritty, very, I mean, I grew up in a very rural setting outside of uh, Pittsburgh and uh, had two hours north of Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, I mean, it was, that was kind of in my bones to a degree. And I think there's a, you know, I think there's some real like kind of gothic mysterious places in the country. I, I, I really am drawn to that. But at the same time, I, um, you know, I, I don't think my, my writing really came alive until I started going more to the fantastical. I think it kind of like corked yeah. open something for me that had, that I had long yeah. been kind of tampering down. And um, yeah, it, which is weird because I grew up reading Anne Rice. I grew up, you know, I, I mean, I, right. I, I, I was very mm-hmm. attracted to that stuff to read, but it isn't what I chose to write. And that was unfortunate because I think for far too long, I didn't write what I liked to read. Right. Yeah, and oh, you know that that yeah. part of that, that seems to be part of the process too, because it just once you find, uh, as they say, your voice, you just it's mm-hmm. just you write like wildfire. It's it's great, you know. And, right. and I dare yeah. say, I mean, I, obviously, I don't I don't know you, but I I can tell by you know a witch in time. I dare say you have definitely found your voice. It's just it reads, yeah, like it's it's fantastic. It really it really really is. Thank you. Yes, that, no, that, you know, and, and I mean, you all know this. It's like, you know, you write in a vacuum a lot. I mean, people really, I, I've got a good group of writers, but you never know if you have anything. Of, I mean, there was a lot of writing yeah. in something that's that far out. There. I mean, that's, you know, I was like, you know, try to, try to pitch a witch and tie. It's not, you know, and it, you know, and, and um, I just remember Sarah Guan uh, at, at Red Hook Orbit, just really understood it and really got what, you know, and I don't think it's an easy book to necessarily get, but like, I don't think it's hard. Like once you, once you start to read it, you kind of get on the ride. It's like, you know, and I don't think it's, it's right, hard exactly. to figure out, yeah. but it's like, well, yes, yeah, but you're trying to describe it. It's like, well, yes, yeah, that, but not that, you know, and, and, um, but it's, it's actually fairly easy. I think once you kind of get on the, you know, the, the narrative, it, it, it it's, uh, it's a little like a little roller coaster, but it kind of takes you along. The hardest part about writing that book, though, was that in every life that it's like a nesting doll. They're picking up like Nora picks up Juliet experiences, but then she has to grow from that. Then Sandra picks up Juliet, then Nora, and she's changed by that. And it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of it. If you guys remember this, Run Lola Run which was, um, oh, okay. which I, I, I kind of had that, Yeah, you know, I loved Run Lola Run, and I loved that, it, like, remember, she would have, like, a video game, it was almost like a video game start, and then she'd stop, and then she'd start over again, and she'd correct right. herself. There's a little bit of that going on here, um, yeah. which is that, there, you know, you have them trying to learn from, gather all the information and learn where they went wrong, um, and, and, and grow as a character arc, they kind of grow collectively. It's a very, mm-hmm. it's a very interesting kind of existential uh, um, narrative in a way. I mean, I, I you know, and, and at the end, I was like, holy, like, wow. I was, you know, I was like, my right. God, is this, is this, is this good yeah. or is it an absolute mess? 
I was, I was oh, it's good. The fact that it was also a giant mess. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it's um, good. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you. It's good, and you should you should you should be very very proud of it. And um, on on that note, what what aspect of this book are you the most proud of? Um, I will say that um, like my favorite of the four characters is Sandra. Uh, she's the darkest of the characters. And I even had somebody in my office the other day uh, stop in yesterday and say, like, Sandra. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough uh, two chapters because um, I I think that uh, that's the darkest book. I love where it takes the direction. It's a very unexpected direction. Uh, Not to, there'll be no spoilers, (laughs) but um, that's my favorite uh, of the four women um i i just think overall the thing i love about the book is i mean you know at the end i still i i still cry like i actually think the ending just to me really um and i know it's coming i know you know but i still i (laughs) i I just find it to be just a very hopefully hopeful romantic book at the end you know so um i don't know uh you know that's well, what what yeah. are you working on right now? What can we expect from mm-hmm. you in the future? I think that my next book is even more out there, uh, <laughs> and I'm working on a I'm working on a book right now um, that is about uh, a circus with very dark origins, and it takes place mm-hmm. in the Lost Generation, uh, 1925 in Paris. And so, um, yeah, and so it's kind of got that kind of decadent period of time with a very strange circus. Nice, I love it. Yeah, working on that. When you you get it done, you keep in touch. We're we're, we're connected now, so, uh, yeah, uh, keep in touch. And when you uh, get that done, we want to have you back, definitely. Oh, absolutely. um, I, there was one more thing I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Um, it's the uh, the uh, Thoughtful Dog Literary Magazine. What is that and where can we find it? Yeah, um, it's ThoughtfulDogMag.com, ThoughtfulDogMag.com. And it's something I do with my sister. Um, my sister is also a writer, and uh, she's in Pittsburgh, and I'm here in Washington, D.C., and uh, we – I just, you know, put together a, you know, a, it's both a literary magazine, but it's also kind of a literary lifestyle thing, too. You know, okay. we, we talk about, um, you mm-hmm. know, people will submit uh, places where they write, and they and I do author interviews and agent interviews and, um, and then great essays on, um, like, traveling with books. And like places like 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 we did literary Indianapolis. I mean, I just you know we had somebody submit something for that, and I was like, well, it's not really a city that you necessarily would have thought of. So it's um, uh-huh. it covers both fiction and nonfiction, and um, and it's something that so we kind of do what you both do, which is that we have to collaborate with each other um, remotely. Right. Um, now you, I, I, I know you both get along very well uh, and you say, you know, my sister and I get along very well, but also at the same time, we are sisters. Siblings and she's older right. and she, you know, oh, and so she's very much, you know, um, she's the older sister and that's the final word. So, you know, there's right. definitely that. So, 
Dusty will deny well, that, of course. So. <laughs> All right. Well, before 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 we let you go, can you also tell our listeners where they can find out more about you and your work? Yeah. So um, I am at uh, constancesayers.com. That's C-O-N-S-T-A-N-C-E, Sayers, S-A-Y-E-R-S.com. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at ConstanceSayers, um, at Instagram, at ConstanceSayers, and um and that I and thoughtful dog uh, as well. So I'm I'm all over the place. They all connect to me. So um, all right. But yeah. So very right. excited. Thank you both so much for um, for oh, inviting me welcome. on the show. Absolutely, We're absolutely. Glad to have I, I I really we we both we really loved we really loved your book. We're looking forward to more from <laughs> you. And and sincerely keep in touch and come back anytime. Yes. I mean, we don't even, you know, if you have anything you want to talk about, there's all kinds of things we can do. So come back Absolutely. anytime. Let us yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about being <laughs> yeah. DJ, DJ in the middle of exactly. the night, the, the nighttime DJ, yeah. you know, and yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. <laughs> we can we can do <laughs> anything we want. So, yeah, let us know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Perfect. All right, but uh, it was, you You know, sincerely, you're, you're welcome back anytime. It was a pleasure meeting you. It was a joy. Reading a Witch in Time. I recommend it to anyone who's into, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, history, romance, <laughs> fantasy, even horror. It's you know, it's it's got a little of everything. A Witch in Time yes. by Constance Sayers. It's good stuff. I highly recommend it. Tamara highly recommends it. Um, thank you, Constance, for being on the show. Thank, thank you. you, everybody, for listening. And until next week, we wish you haunted nights and sweet screams. Thank you for listening. Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross.